broadcasting in HD radio worldwide 365 mobile app power giddy loud radio on the show? Why would you let you be on the show? Anyone can call to the okay, show. You need to go somewhere. Anyone. It's not about you. Hey, Auntie, who asked you to enter this conversation? It's a dialogue that elicits emotion, sparks a reaction, and forces you to take action. It's the what the heck when rants. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this episode are solely those of the author involved and do not necessarily represent those of the Rants Show, Giddy Lounge Radio, or What the Heck Man. Enjoy. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the What the Heck Man Rants. I do this for real, as always, reporting to do my duty on the microphone, and I got one question and one question only. What's that? answer yourself and ask yourself that all-important question how are you doing are you happy are you sad are you glad are you happy to be alive are you thankful are you blessed welcome to another edition of the what the heck man rants is about to be a fun time if you're listening to the show alone you're doing it wrong tell a friend to tell another friend to tell their ex-boyfriend soon to be divorced husband sister's wife that the rant show is live ladies and gentlemen let's have some fun tonight what is up people it is a bright and sunny afternoon slash evening in Southern California. Thank you, Lord, for being here. And thank God for working wonders in your life. And thank God for people that want to make themselves daughters of Jezebel who like to pour sand in your fucking Gary. But God is bigger than them. That's all I have to say right now about that. Because... If you try to pour sand inside my Gary, Shango will strike you and it'll be a deadly day. 
But beyond that, thank you for being here. Um, like I said before, if you're listening to the show alone, you're doing it wrong. Because I'm not alone. I am joined by the effervescent and ever-lively duo that is Wobia, who likes to shout, and Laulu, who also likes to shout, depending on what the discussion is. So, they're both being quiet now, which is uncharacteristic. <laughs> because... You didn't introduce which kind of lackluster... <laughs> Oh, you know, you know the funny thing. The funny thing with these people, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you right now, these people are spoiled, because on the day that I give them full welcome, if I don't add maybe one extra line of sweetness to their welcome, they will squeeze their face. They'd be like, "Oh, you not say that? I'm also a two-time long hair growing champion." But <laughs> the day that I now go straight to the point they will not tie their chest like you know I, I i've done something come on introduce yourself you said you know what this this week what we're going to do is we're going to do reverse introduction you guys are going to introduce me that's how we're going to do it wow. and why, why, would, why would we do that who are you wow energy Ena fucking g just see maintain it you understand maintain this energy that you're on maintain it that's all thanks for coming introduce yourself i want to introduce you is back in the building as you know i'm happy to be back with you all and even though Tommy is very rude to me every day you know he doesn't show me love but it's okay i'm here because i love all of you and I don't want to leave you alone with him because I know how crazy he is. So, you know, I'm here. Tell him. Tell him. Uh. And, wow. <laughs> and I'm uh, You know, I'm just here, just chilling, just here to just rant and vent. What do I feel like? Wobia, what do I always, uh, is it just me? Or what does it sound like Lalu's in the toilet? What Lolly, are you perpetually in the bathroom? Eh? Do you have to pee? Do you have to pee? Oh, I'm just sitting here with my glass of wine, you know, trying to sound relaxed and everything. You're and trying to sound relaxed? What you, what is in that bottle of wine? Which you need to add it's like you need to add some more things. Which device are you using? Okay, <laughs> I'm using my iPhone. She's using her like Nokia thirty three ten to <laughs> She's she's using her she's using her her what's it called what was that phone call? <laughs> wow, both y'all really gonna tag team on me? <laughs> Look at that! Look, life comes at you real fast because the two of you, how many seconds ago were attacking me, and now look at your life. You see? You see? Okay. Um, yeah, you gonna do me like this? <laughs> Listen, it's all love, okay? <laughs> this is love. <laughs> um. Did you guys have a um, good Easter? Yeah, it was lit. I had brunch, went to church. Do you ever not have brunch? Listen, listen, listen. Some, 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 some. The Lord said I must eat and be merry. Please. Oh. 
Talk for me. Please. <laughs> I have okay. to obey the words of the Lord. I Eat got you. Okay. Well, Noted. me, I didn't have brunch. I didn't even have breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I was starving on that day. In fact, wow. it was okay. <laughs> Why? You know, Sylvia? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even eat from the lamb. You didn't eat from the lamb that was slain. I, wow. There was no feast, though. Like, okay, I don't know. I we're not super like religious in my house, to be quite honest. Um, and so a lot of these holidays we don't really celebrate all like that. Um, and like my mom went to church, I believe, and but that was really about it. Like to be very honest. You know, and we were just all doing our own thing to be, you know, but it was a chill day. Don't come for me or anyone, please. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, it's never been a thing. Like when we were younger, my mom would make us go to church. So of course we went to church, but like once we turned, like, I don't even know since like age 12, maybe like she just stopped taking us to church. Um, she was like, well, you guys can go if you want to go. And we just, me and my sisters, we just don't go. Not because of anything in particular. We just, we just don't really go to church. It's probably because my dad. My dad, like, is the least religious person you probably meet. Um, he's very just, you know, he does his own thing. He doesn't push anything on nobody. He doesn't talk about religion like that. Um, and so we probably got our, like, lacklusterness from him. Most likely. So, yeah, we didn't do anything this Easter. It was very boring. Well, some of us actually had a good Easter with a lot of food. Um, nah, but I had I had an event at church. I'm actually tired from the weekend. But, um, you know, adulting. That's what, we what do you do in church? What did I do in church? What do you do in church? What's your contribution? I I give my offering, and then I, I go home. Oh, Jeffy, it, 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 it's, it's me there. <laughs> <laughs> you said you had an event in church. What did God, you do? God what is, is bigger service? than you. God is bigger <laughs> than you. I see where you're going, but tell the people. Tell the I don't. People. I don't know what you mean. I don't know. Mm. Me, I don't even go to church like that. I'm like oh. Obia's family. Obia is, you know, my adopted family. I don't really do anything at church, so yeah. <laughs> Obia is standing with her chest and with confidence in her walk. You, you're just lying. You're lying. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot of accusations being thrown here, but it's, it's okay. Right. It's okay. It's okay. The Lord will expose you one day. It's okay. Oh. Don't go and say that now. Don't go and say that now. The Lord not going to expose something I really want to hide. But <laughs> oh, what are you hiding? My second wife and children's. Like... Wow. <laughs> um. Well, welcome, guys. A lot has happened since the last time we were here. Um, a couple things of note. Um, first, on a very solemn note, um. Rest in peace to everyone that was lost in Sri Lanka over the yeah. weekend. Um, that was definitely very tragic. And as the weekend kind of went along, the number of people 
uh, or that passed away or died um, continue to rise, which is like just the scariest of situations. Um, so say a prayer for them, hearts out to them, um, and I hope everybody involved finds some way to heal. Um, it's actually kind of super sad because the CEO of ASOS, ASOS, yes, lost yes. what three out of his four kids. Three. Like that's craziness. That's just yeah, that's painful. Um, like, how do you recover from that? I just don't understand. And the sad thing with that is that, you know, if something like that happened to a billionaire in Nigeria, they'd be like, ah, he sacrificed his children to make more so money. Someone has put a curse on his family. Just like some next shit. But yeah, it's um, definitely, definitely hard. Um, so, you know, again, positive vibes and thoughts to them. And um okay so before we get into the rest of the things that have happened today i'm going to give put out um a question of the day and i want to know what you guys would do in this particular situation actually i'm going to give you two questions one of them i believe laulu already and i already discussed so i know her answer but i want to um share it with you guys anyways the first question is if you go, if you order food from a restaurant and you order takeout, do you tip when you go to pick up your food? You remember, it's takeout. That means you're not eating there. Do you? No. Thank you. <laughs> do you tip? <laughs> Why'd you say no? It's t- like if I'm going to a restaurant to pick up my food, like let's say I order Olive Garden and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm coming to pick it up and I get there and it's in a bag ready for me. Like that's, there was no, there was no service necessarily involved with that. It was just, you got my food together and I'm coming to pick it up. Like, and that's it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? The whole reason why you tip someone is because let's say you tip a delivery person, you know, you're tipping them because they got your food to you safely at, and delivered to your house. Okay. So you tip them. Or if you're in a restaurant setting, a waiter is literally waiting on you. They're taking your food order. They're bringing you things. They're filling up your water. They're giving you good energy. They're doing their service involved but me coming to pick up my food giving you cash and leaving like there's no service there so what am i tipping you for you know i just don't i don't see why i would do that Lalu, how about you i subscribe to the uk situation where there just is no tip unless i'm in a restaurant and i'm actually sitting down and like what we said it has to be a service like and also, if the service is bad, you know what I'm doing? I'm getting up in. Actually, no, I do actually tip even if the service is bad because I try to like think like, oh, I don't know what kind of day you're going through. But I don't think about it. if I'm in the UK, I'm not tipping. If I'm in Europe, I'm not tipping. If I'm in the US, debatable. <laughs> like and like the tip honestly depends on like what the circumstances are. I'm a 15% kind of person, and I know Matthew is about to come for me right now. 15% is standard for me. 
But if it's raining and I have a delivered person coming to my door and all of that, then of course I'm going to go extra. Or if someone like sees me in the restaurant and they pay my tab, then I feel like, okay, I have to tip extra. But if we're in the Europe, you know, that's what, that's the only thing I like about Europe. That no tipping vibe, I'm down for it. Or the restaurants that ask you to put a tip after they've added the gratuity in your tab. I know. That's <laughs> what? thing. What? They've added the gratuity because they're like, oh, it's more than a party of five. And then they still show like tip equals, I'm putting zero. zero. That, that's just so silly to me. So you charge me? Right, you already you already charged me a tip, and now you want me to tip Honestly, again? You charged like, me a tip without even asking me, without my consent. Do you know my bank accounts? Do you know how much I get paid? <laughs> Do you know how much I make? And now you 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 literally stealing from me. You stole from me, and then now you want to steal from me voluntarily with my consent? Uh-uh. Oh, come on, just chill, just relax a little bit, like. <laughs> It's so because like the gratuity, it's always like twenty five percent. It's never fifteen percent in the U.S. Especially if you're in New York, they might as well just be like, "Oh, the gratuity is also double the tab." Because at that point, you know, it's like one little bread, and you're paying twenty dollars, and then they're like gratuity because it's five of y'all eating this one bread. Then you gotta go pay an extra twenty dollars. It's like, yo, yo, this is what I'm just gonna eat at home and eat rice every day at McDonald's. <laughs> Why? I, so I actually food? thought about the question because. I feel like it's a very tricky situation to be in. Um, and, you know, it's... It's interesting because <laughs> when you go out to eat and you're... Let's say you go to pick up your food and you know how they give you the receipt and you want to, like, sign for your order? Mm-hmm. I find that I, I behave very differently if they're watching me or not. So, <laughs> this is happened to me recently where I went to pick up my food and the person was standing right over me. So, I'm not like, well, this is freaking awkward. Why were they standing right over you? That's super weird. Uh, would you like me to go back and go ask them? Yes. I want like, you to go back in time and ask them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, now nah, I got a tip. Shit. So, I can't. <laughs> yeah, you gotta because I don't, because I don't want no, I don't want no judgments. Like they'd be like, "All right, bro, you're gonna eat forty dollars food and you can't tip." But I'm like, I, you guys yeah. didn't do any work. And my rationale was, if I tip, the tip does not go to the guy in the kitchen who actually bagged my food. It goes to the person who walked the food out to me. Because. Mm-hmm. If you look at the, the way it normally works, the order comes in, the person writes it down and calls it out in the kitchen. And then the kitchen fulfills the order and passes the food back to them. And then they put it in a plastic bag. All they do is put it in a plastic bag and walk it back to the front. So that tip is going to the pocket of the server. Or the hostess, sorry, and not the server in the kitchen. So that's one of the reasons why I don't. Also, sometimes it's just like you guys didn't really do shit. Like it literally was like just picking it and putting it in the bag. So I'm not gonna give you any money. But I just wanted to see if I was alone and what other people thought. Um, the second question, though, is one that I'm more interested in finding out: is if you borrowed someone money and they haven't paid you back, 
within the time frame they said they would pay you back, do you ask for your money back? Yes. If I mean, if you guys agree, if they borrowed a hundred dollars from you, and you guys agree that hey, I need you know if you can pay this back to me by, you know, two weeks from now or a month from now, that'd be great. And a month has come, and there's no talk of paying back. Then yeah, <laughs> you can be like, hey, you know, what's going on with this money I borrowed you? Like, it's your money. You know, people who are borrowing money. And my thing is that's why I get mad. Like. And you have to be very careful who you lend your money to because people will get an attitude because you ask for your money back. And I'm just like, there's no room for you having an attitude. You know what I mean? I gave this money to you without an attitude, so I expect it back without an attitude. You know what I mean? So you're very right for asking for your money back. I just thought I have a rule that's like, I don't lend people money that I can't give someone. Mm. Like, if I can't give you that money and forget about it, I don't lend it to you. Because you just, you just don't know what, what goes on in people's lives. Like, what if, what happens that they end up in jail when they're supposed to give me back my money? That's my money gone. <laughs> I mean, but in situations I, like that, I don't think you're going to come looking for your money. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I'm talking about, like, situations where, like, you know the person is has a job like they're working or whatever but they're not paying your money back you know you see them going yeah. doing this xyz but they're not paying your money back you know what i mean yeah, like popping right they're popping bottles but they're not paying your money back it's like yeah. where is my money you know i will ask for my money back you're right i'll ask for my money but it's like it's, I'm gonna ask for my money, but I'm gonna make sure that it's not money that I'm like I can't survive without this money. <laughs> because for me, if I just can't give you that money and forget about it, I don't want people money. Because my mom always says that money is what ruins friendships, and I really strongly believe in that. But I will ask for my money back. But I'll just be asking you, like, just so you know, you owe me money. <laughs> just keep talking bottles, but you owe me money. <laughs> Run up my cash app, <laughs> like. But right. if, I can, yeah, if I can't give it to you completely, I'm not lending it to you. Hmm. So those of you that are listening out there, do you know? I don't know how to ask for money back. So I just either so give just what don't. I can. <laughs> no, oh, I just right. give what I can or I just say no. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem saying no from the jump. Like, because that no will help you, like, avoid issues down the road Mm -hmm. like the person Mm -hmm. can be um the person can be upset but like they'll get over that more than this kind of stress you know have to put me through down the road if i have to get it back true 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 i agree so you know don't learn and also i'm just broke all the time so (laughs) i don't have money to give anybody Tommy's not broke. Guys, don't listen to him. What? What's all this now? What's all this? Why are you sorry, spoiling my market? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Why are you spoiling my market? Sorry, he doesn't have he doesn't have money for you people, but he has money for other people. Wagamo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lalu is like my sister who just tries who thinks that they're helping. But they're fucking up my shit. Because I'm just trying to expose the truth because, about Hello, 
please, those of you that are listening right now, I'm broke. If you have auntie that is looking for sugar baby or glucose baby, I'm here. I'm in need. I'm in need. But like, that's actually a perfect segue to this next thing. Russell Wilson is officially the highest paid player in the National Football League, who are a bunch of racists, by the way. But still, a black brother getting paid for being bang average because he's not that good. Um, oh. He's not. He's not, in, he's not like the top five quarterbacks in the league, he, but he's getting like big money. Anyways, so some people... Are you are you guys of the of the team Sierra's prayer? I don't really care. See why see why I like Laulu so much. She just just <laughs> she just be saying the things I want to say in my head, but like I be looking for nice ways to say. It. She just like fuck them niggas. Um, <laughs> Wobia, do you believe that? Sierra was on her knees praying and God sent her an angel. I don't know, to be very honest. I think some of these women be lying. To be <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think Sierra's lying, but like, I just hate that they're still in this. Oh my God, if you say this prayer and if you act mm. like this, then this man will come to you. Like, I'm like, listen. Like, I just think people are selling people dreams, to be very honest. And. Sierra got Russell Wilson because they just got each other. You know, he came into her life. She came into his life. It worked out. I don't think there's anything magical that about it. It was just the perfect timing and the right person. Like, that was it, you know? And this whole, like, oh, woman, like, being so desperate. Like, what prayer did you say, Sierra? Oh, my God, I need to know what prayer you said. I'm just like, stop it. Like, just stop it. Um, but I'm happy for her, for sure. But I just, I don't think there's any, like, specific prayer one needs to say to capture their perfect man. I could dig it. If there's any Sierra's prayer, I will be saying it's for me not to have the struggle she had with men. I mean, this girl dated Bow Wow. Like, exactly. <laughs> she dated no her one wants that. that. Bow out and 50 cent in one life. Like, I think it's just <laughs> exactly what most women go through. You have to date a lot of F niggas to get to the right one, you know? Uh, like, wow. like, like, that happens for a lot of women, you know what I mean? And I don't think it's anything miraculous. I just think it was just, she just, wow. she, she just, first of all, she was more mature. She knew what she wanted. And I think that actually creates a lot more intention in people's lives you know people forget that you get older you become smarter and hopefully as i mean usually this is what should happen as you get older and become more focused on being a wholesome person and accomplishing your goals everything else changes in your life so you know you should also be changing the way you interact with men or women and what you want out of a romantic relationship, you know? And I think that's really what just happened. Like, she went through all these stages where she wasn't making the best choices in dudes, and she learned a lot. And now she's here with two children, and she's in her 30s, and she's like, look, I know what I want now, 
So I'm going to get just that. Like, I think that's really what it was. It wasn't any miracle. It wasn't a prayer. It was just knowing what you want. That's gross. You said what? It's called gross. Growing. Oh, it's called gross. <laughs> I was like... I mean, well, What's props to them. Huh? Do you have Future's Prayer? I said Future. Do you have Russell Wilson's Future's Prayer? Future's Prayer. Lola. Lalu. <laughs> well, oh, you see how that felt, blah. right? You see how that felt, blah. right? Uh-huh. There you go. Nonsense. But when future's have I ever called you something that's not How you ask me to pray Future's Prayer? Do I look like the kind of person that, like... Yeah, well, Does future even know how to pray? Does he know how to pray? But I thought you said you don't go to church or pray. So I don't. That's what I said that. that. I don't go. I don't go to church. Um. Oh. <laughs> but what know, were please. you gonna say about Russell Wilson? Let me let me know um, if it's great. <laughs> I I'm actually like I'm actually really really afraid for him because I feel like social media has built him up to be this like angel that like. Some shit about to pop. Like, there's always a balloon. There's like, there's always like that plateau. And I just feel like I've I've said this countless times on this show. Like, just be a good person, and you know, have good intentions, and treat people well, and everything would be great. But. People are always like, oh, this guy's such a good man. And da, da, da. and it's always interesting how, like, everything that is considered good is, like, the stuff that's, like, recorded or on social media. And people will tell you that, you know, people that have been together with people for so long, that that kind of shit, you eventually forget. It's the little things that are unseen that are the most important. And I hope for their sake, like, they're actually genuinely happy but um if they're not then god be they have a lot of money to fall on <laughs> like because like i said russell got paid um, money is sweet money is uh-huh and when, you, and when love love you love is sweet when money enter sweet sweetheart um david will be preaching i'm telling you on the flip side of that wendy williams is finalizing her divorce. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First of all, I don't really know why you guys are like so happy. What do you mean? Why wouldn't we be happy? Yeah. Why would you? This what? man physically because and mentally abused her. He's literally epitome of trash. Like thing you something you throw out, you know? Like that is him. Basura. Like <laughs> <laughs> he stole from her mentally, financially, and physically. You know, he needs to Wendy go. been going through it. She's been going in it. Like, and I honestly was having an argument with someone the other day about it because they were like, oh, well, I don't understand why she would stay. She was like, well, how come she's been with him this long if he's been cheating on her? Well, what did she do that made him cheat? Blah, blah. And I was like, excuse me? And I was like, hold on, rewind, rewind. Because I was like, first of all, you don't know why people stay in relationships. People stay in relationships all the time because <laughs> either they're trying to make it work, they're trying to remain hopeful, there, there's money involved. You know, a lot of people 
they see that, you know, damn, if I step out of my marriage now, if I end it, then I'm going to lose so much that I've worked for. Or sometimes it's just shame. You know, you're like, wow, you know, I thought I was going to be married a long time and be happy. Now I got to, like, announce to the world and my friends and my family that it's not working. And it, it was the audacity of a Nigerian to ask me that. I was like, as if you. How many aunties and uncles do you have that are in useless marriages? I beg. Mm-hmm. Like, don't come and be talking to me about who, why do people stay in relationships? You should know why. You know what I mean? And so I'm happy that she has now decided enough is enough and she's setting herself free. Mm-hmm. True I that, mean, true that. I, I think I have, it just takes a lot of courage to leave I've, a relationship like that. I have very interesting views on Wendy Williams because. Yeah. And Wendy Williams as a person, I don't really care for her, but I'm just glad that a woman has enough courage and enough um enough things in her life to get her out of. Haven't people like Charlemagne made like comments about her her not being a woman? Okay, Charlemagne all makes all kinds of shit. Charlemagne is trash. Oh man. We're not talking about Charlemagne. He's trash. Moving on. Next. Hopefully, like, I mean, she finds some kind of happiness. But like, you know I what put. I'm happy is yeah. because he has. He's had. He's having a baby with his side chick, right? Oh, wow. Like his side chick is pregnant. If I if I was reading things correctly, and based on whether or not they signed a prenup, even if they didn't, the fact that his infidelity, like, and he had a child with someone else. I think it even helps Wendy's case more because yeah. it's going to significantly reduce the amount of money that she has to pay him or if he gets anything at all because he cheated and you produce a whole child outside of your marriage. So in the court of law, many judges will favor in the case of the person who was cheated on. And even if they have a prenup, it's still going to work more in her favor. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, that's true. I'm happy a woman is leaving uh, an abusive relationship. What do you think about Wendy? Do you have any particular like personal feelings about Wendy, or is it just about the divorce? I just think she's a shitty person. But being a shitty person doesn't doesn't doesn't, mean, doesn't no, exclude the fact that she's gone through some shitty things with her husband. But I think she's a you know. I think I think she's a shitty person. I think her and like people like her and like Linda KG are in similar <laughs> caliber. And they spend their time making money off gossiping about people's personal life. And in some cases, she plays God or judges the fuck out of them for whatever, like, situations or mistakes that they've made. And I don't fuck with that. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't, that I don't like cool. Wendy on a personal level yeah, either. About your... About, yeah. I don't really care for Wendy. I don't watch her show or anything. But as I said, Wendy excluded as a woman and as a human being, I'm just happy that she's leaving this. Exactly. We're simply, we're only talking about her relationship. We're not talking about Wendy's career, her TV personality. We're only talking about her marriage and the fact that he was cheating on her and abusing her mentally and emotionally. I feel it. Hopefully she'll be happy going forward. I mean, and whatever that means for her, she can do that. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) because, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, mm. 
I I don't know. Like I, f- I just feel like there, there are nicer ways or better ways in the world to to make money, and that's I'm not a fan of that. Um, I'm gonna start a blog and talk shit about you, something. You ain't gonna I'll make shit. I'll write guest <laughs> blog posts. You will not make no money because nobody's gonna come and read about me. Mm. Of your, all your ex mistresses will come running. Oh, listen, no, <laughs> I don't, wait, I don't know I what that is. Ex was mistresses. Ex mistresses. <laughs> never heard of shit. I never heard of shit like that. Um, everyone will come right. Such a young, such a young virgin like me. Wow. Never, never heard of so shit like that. So you're virginity. You guys know I'm a virgin. I've been talking about this. If you are a virgin, then me, I must not even be born yet, to be honest. So. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. The fire. Wow. Wow. The fire. Wow. Wow. Um, level. Level. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I want this one. <laughs> yeah, I want this one. Um, so, okay. Last week, uh, is it Tuesday? Whatever. One of those days. Beyonce. Beyonce. Queen B. Ho. 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 Oh, my God. I'll lose one of those people. Queen. Please put respect on her name. Don't just say Beyonce. Queen Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter. First of her kind. Please. Mother of Rumi, Sir, and Blue Ivy. Irrelevant wife to bad goods. But moving on. The legend. The woman of her kind. She breathes fire. She's just, she's the only one. After her, there's no one. Before her, there's no one. What were you saying about the queen? Oh, hello. <laughs> oh, uh, I, did the power of the queen just silence you? I was just in awe of the nonsense you were shouting about her name. <laughs> nonsense. Because, because I mean, she alright, but she's not that great. If she's I, you're not even a person. Um, that's not what God said, so... Mm. The Bible also says respect your elders, please. Who's the elder? Beyonce. I mean, I respect her enough to not say what I really think about her. I mean, listen. Very lightly. I'm telling you, please. Today's not the day. Mm-mm. I just want to know. So, I'm guessing... Yeah. Lalu, I'm guessing you've watched the... You've watched Homecoming? Yes, I have. To be honest, I haven't even watched it. To be honest, like, oh. but, but but it's not oh. even like a per, it's not even like a personal thing. I just am really behind on watching a lot of shows and okay. movies, and so everything just has to wait. <laughs> like everything is waiting. <laughs> oh well, yeah, I will tell you this though. She's coming out with two more movies, so you gotta catch yes, up. Yes, I've read. I've read up. that she's coming out with two more movies. Yes. Yes. She's 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 dropping gems. She's a legend. <laughs> Like, but I'm kind of with like, but this, but okay, to piggyback off of something though, like I personally, um, I don't do stand culture uh, at all. Like, there's not a single artist in this world that I stand. Um, and you know, I like artists. I enjoy their music. You know, I'll be like, wow, they're doing so great. You know, I love me some Burner Boy. Love me some Miguel. 
But, like, I've never been one to stand any artist. You'll never see me go crazy over anybody. I don't even go to concerts. I do not pay for concerts. The only way I'm going to a concert is if I have a free ticket. <laughs> and that's it. And so, like, people... And I this whole Beyonce thing, I don't like it when people automatically call you a hater because you're not worshipping the ground Beyonce walks on. Like, oh. that... Because that irritates me. They'll be like, oh, my God, Beyonce... My life, my world, and I'm like, oh, okay, like that's cool. They're like, oh my god, why are you, why are you so mellow about Beyonce? I'm just like, you know, she's yeah. cool. Like, and they're like, you're a hater. I'm like, why do I gotta be oh. a hater? You know what I mean? <laughs> why do I gotta yeah. be a hater? <laughs> I don't call like I'm definitely a part of the beehive. I will say that, but I don't, I don't hate on people who don't, who are not fans of Beyonce. Like some people genuinely don't like her, but. I do, I will, you know, maybe push back a little bit if they're saying that she's not a good artist, because I just think that's an objective fact, but I'm not going to call you a hater. It's just, you just have a different taste in music, period. And it does, for me, it's not like I'm a part of Beehive for her music. No, I'm a part of Beehive because of her work ethic. I think her work ethic is something that definitely spans anyone that I've ever seen or grown up with. And also, I grew up with Beyonce. and to just see her consistently just deliver things that, one, speak to the culture, one, she, two, she also uses her money and her influence for, for really, really good things, like a lot of charitable causes. That's also, like, super important to me. And three, she also just fuses the idea that, for me as a woman, that you can't have, well, by having it all, you can have you can have kids, you can be a family woman, and you can have your career blossoming at the same time. And for me, that's something that, it's so important to me to see in a woman, in a black woman especially, and for her, she does it so seamlessly, so well, and she's just, and also the way she just commits to her craft. Like, I think that's something that I really just, not to be like going on and on about her, but like that movie, I think that's why it did so well, because people really saw the fact that she's very humble, she struggles a lot, just like everybody else, but struggling doesn't mean backing down, struggling doesn't mean quitting. And to be able to see that with someone like her, it's just, it's crazy. It's like, oh, she goes, everyone holds it. To, well, not everyone, but a lot of people hold it to such high standards. But we also don't see what goes behind the scenes for a lot of the stars that we that we stand. Well, if you stand anyone or if you're a fan of anyone, you don't really see what they struggle through. You don't really see like, there's, oh, yeah, you know, I went from grass to grass. I went from, you know, negative in my bank account to like a million dollars in my bank account. But you don't really know what they went through. And for us to actually see that with someone like her, I mean, if it's correct, that Netflix paid her four million dollars and she turned into six mil, sixty million. Like that's huge, and I think it's like she was saying, it's inspirational for the future, for future women, because that's something that that's the kind of like legacy that I want to leave with my daughters, if I have daughters, or you know, females or younger females around me. It's that you can have it all. You can have a family. You can have a career. You can you know, pursue whatever passion and goals that you have and you don't have to give one up for the other. And if somebody tries to mess with you in the name of marriage, you better divorce that man. The end. That's why I like Beyonce. The queen. And but you're not a hater if you don't like her. Yeah, exactly. Like her work ethic for sure. Like, I mean, I don't think anyone can deny that, you know, like it's like she clearly works hard and she clearly knows how to put on great performances. Like all the performances are great. Um, and so I don't have anything bad to say about Beyonce. I I don't have anything bad to say about her. Um, I just don't go out of my way necessarily to like listen to her music or to like seek out 
Beyonce. A lot of the information that I find out about Beyonce is on Twitter. People retweeting stuff and people tweeting <laughs> stuff, sharing pictures and things like that. Um, but for me, yeah, I don't have anything bad to say about Beyonce. She's obviously doing a great job at what she does. And I'm so proud of her. And I will watch the documentary when I do. I'll then be able to give my two cents or my praise or whatever else everyone else is giving. Because apparently it seems like it's a good documentary. So that's yeah. just my position. But I know Sumi, like, doesn't really care for her at all. Sumi's um, a hero. Sumi, you're a hero. <laughs> you're a whole hero. You're just hearing. Wow. You're a hero. You will run around, around, around. And you'll blame me again. Okay. Sorry, what do you have? Wait, do you have anything against Beyonce? Let's even just clear it. I just don't get the hype. I don't get the hype. I don't think she's a great vocalist. I don't. I think she's a pretty good dancer, but honestly, I feel like Bruno Mars actually puts in more work than she does. But um, only thing is, she dances in heels. Um, that's probably the only <laughs> plus I would give her. Can you walk in heels, Tommy? See, people always do that. You know, you you know there are always people that like. The there are people that like when you put. You make a point, right? And then when you find something that can like trump theirs they're like but did you die and resurrect again though no you didn't so no, i did wait are you saying bruno puts in more work than beyonce i think in terms of putting quality product out i think his team puts a lot more work and a lot of more of that work falls on his shoulders than she does i feel like she has more players at her disposal like her la her label she's the label like and she has every she has a whole production to make you know um her do what she needs to do and i don't give two fucks and then people and then people like started last week on on their whole like beyonce is better than michael jackson shit and that's okay, that no, 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 no. that's okay, part that, of the thing that makes me literally people were literally hating that People were literally, yeah, I was yeah, like, whoa. Yeah. I was like, you guys need to calm. Yeah, that's where I the line. I was yeah. like, even Beyonce would never say some shit like that. That's the yeah, memory Beyonce of like. I was like, to. Michael Jackson yeah. is still and probably will always be the greatest entertainer of this lifetime. Of no one, yeah. see, this man has sold almost a billion records worldwide. Like, no one even comes close to this man. Like, people literally, like, lost their minds in every corner of this world for Michael Jackson. And mm -hmm. so for anyone to compare and say he anyone surpasses Michael Jackson, it's like, look, now I know you're just talking to talk. Somebody just asked me, I think it was Ade. Ade just tweeted and said, did I just say Bruno Mars um, put out more quality product? No, I actually think I actually think if you guys I think if you guys stop arguing for a second and actually just go back and look at people's content, um, aside from the fact that <laughs> somebody look, let me drop let me let me put let me put a hot take out for you right quick. Um, um if lemonade was any other artist. Nobody would give a fuck. Um, and two, that's how not great it was. Take okay, two. Okay, okay. Let's back, um, let's back. Wait, yeah. wait, relax. If you wanted okay. to go off pure numbers, one of them has put out more number ones in the last decade. 
and the other one hasn't. Just saying. Now, okay, let, moving on. Let me clarify this to oh, you. God. Because it seems that there might be some confusion in your statistics and just, oh, let God. me not say your, oh, your state of mind here. Oh, God. Lemonade was legendary. Well, let me not For what purpose? For amazing. what purpose? Let me not use legendary. Amazing. Amazing. Please relax yourself. Lemonade was amazing, not because of the discography. Lemonade was amazing because of what it meant for... Nobody gives a fuck! I don't care! I don't care if you got your heart broken. That's not my business. That's not... Like, if I'm listening to content, I don't have to feel, like, for your production or your sound or or the engineering or the lyrics. Like, I don't relate to your struggle, sis. I'm sorry. It's okay. So, but like, you, I mean, but let's go back to the original. Like, let's just all remember that music is very subjective a lot, t- a lot of the times. So, having an objective debate only matters when it comes if we're if we're literally talking numbers and charts. That's the only time we can be objective. Otherwise, everything else is subjective and up to anyone's interpretation. So, Sumi, you may not connect. Emotionally, I just need people to start giving me shit because I don't like Beyonce. Completely connect, and that's fine. Like that's what people need to understand is that everyone does not need to resonate. Everyone does not need to feel Beyonce's music on a deep level. Like that's your business if you do or if you don't. You know what I mean? I think I think everybody that everybody that tries to convince me always says you just have to see her live, and I'm pretty sure like I'll probably see her and be like, oh, she's a lot shorter in person. And for that annoying person that's like trying to convince me, but I don't really care. You guys, I mean, look, I think the last time I probably listened to a a Beyonce song like that was Crazy in Love. So, I mean, don't let me, don't, I'm just exaggerating. I've listened, but I don't really care. Um, but for those of you that love her and Give your hundreds of dollars to go and see her and see the same routines over and over again in, you know, unitards. Um, God be with you. And, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> peace be to you. Um, but we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we have a very interesting topic or discussion, um, topic of discussion to uncover today. Um, there might be some tables that are shaking a little bit. That are shook. Shaking, um, shaking rocks. And uh <laughs> yeah. So oh tight. Um we'll be right back. It's the rant show. Make sure you make sure you place the Nipsey on the break. Thank it, you. Not, what? Long live it's, Nipsey. It's okay. Good um it's um don't make me forget my outro. Is um <laughs> oh god, where did you find this girl? Goodbye. Um we'll be back, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We'll be here on timeout because I don't know. We'll be back. All I have to say is if the rant show is live and you're not listening, you will end up in my donut.
to the rants on Giddy Lounge Radio with my son, the wordsmith. Keep it locked. Mommy Ranta says so. Every week, we bring you great music from around the world. The first so here's the rant show's top Nigerians three. In, the, in the U.S. right now, like, Enjoy. we have a very unique and special crossover that the world don't have. So, like, people that were born in Nigeria and then come over here and they... And they try to like acclimate to the culture. I'm like, yo, this is not y'all culture. Like, we shouldn't be trying to act like them. But like, for us who were born here and had like went to school and had a completely like black experience, and then we got home and we had a completely Nigerian experience, like that's a special thing. And we could like relate to both cultures. So like, when I rap, it's not like I'm trying to be American. I was born here, so this is where I come from, and I like and I understand both cultures. But when you're born over there, and you come over here, and you start saying. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to let me like express myself. Bibi, bibi, who her I'm just like, no, but look, when you see that, when you see that, you're like, oh, stop. It's not y'all. Like, what we doing? So that, I struggle with that. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, over the course of the break, you listen to. Um, Bayi Bayi by Peruzzi featuring Zlatan. Um, listen to Baby by Joe Boy. Listen to Ole by Dexter and Liar by Tolani. My mom's beautiful voice was in there as well. And then you just heard um a cut from the rapper slash. Mm. Um, artist <laughs> Toby Nigue, um, who has some interesting, you know, interesting things to to say about being African or first generation Nigerian American, all of that shit. So, so um, me, you, did, you didn't play Nipsey Hustle. No, I didn't play no damn Nipsey Hustle. <laughs> <laughs> you keep trying to, you know, you know. There's something. There's something called um, like it's, I don't know, it's like resubmersive trauma, where like you go through the trauma over and over again, like you're in a constant, tr- you know, state of trauma. I can't right. be traumatized every week and just be sad. <laughs> ah, no, me no. Every so often. You know, when my when my my shuffle when I'm in the gym plays a random song, I'll be filled with sadness. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, pump harder, rep, 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 and then I go. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got to be walking around in a constant state of sadness. Um, okay, so, uh, Lalo, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. You sound like you again. Sound like you're in the closet, but it's okay. Um, but um, so 
sound it anyways um now i so some people saw today's flyer and immediately said oh no like shit you guys are going there and i was like why not like what's up with it like why why are people afraid um and it got me thinking about you know the whole idea of you know nigerians or africans in diaspora be it first generation or um immigrants from different countries um and the word akata akata oh. oh god akta Oh, um, please don't no. <laughs> please don't butcher that one like <laughs> um Wobia, do you want to give context to the interaction you had with the person on Twitter oh. last week? Oh oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm even tired already. I'm tired. <laughs> um okay, so last week you know, uh, Twitter is a great place. So I saw a tweet that my friend had retweeted with a response. And essentially what was said was this guy was, let me see if I can find the tweet because it was very specific. And um, this guy essentially said, um, my one African friend told me, hold on, no, I got to find it because I really don't want to, like, send wrong information. So I now I feel like I need to, like, come back and find the picture. Um, I'm looking at my notifications. But essentially, the guy tweeted and was like, oh, someone told me that the word um, akata means... Um, cotton picker and so my friend my friend had tweeted it had retweeted it with a, a response and was like um who told you that you know and, <laughs> <laughs> because it, it was just very confusing I'm just, and so I saw that and I was like um and so I waited to see what he said and this is what he responded. He was like, an African told me that. Who? And we were like, uh... Like, <laughs> we were like, dot, 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 dot. Like, um, okay. Um, so, okay, yeah, yeah. So here's this tweet. I found it. He said, if we, if we were truly African, the term akata wouldn't exist in African culture. They call us American cotton pickers. What? Meaning they're you like when they call when they call us akata, they're calling us American cotton pickers. And and so I was so my friend retweeted and she was like, Who told you that? He was like an African. And so we were both like, Okay, like first of all, an African from where? Like African, you know, there's many countries in Africa, you know. And he, he didn't answer the question until later and he was like, Oh, someone told me and I so I retweeted him back and I was like LOL, I was like, you don't even know what you're talking about, but you just tweeted that so confidently. And um, and he was like, he was, I was like, tweet 
is a lot of ignorance portrayed as knowledge. And I was like, first of all, akata is not an African word. It doesn't belong to the whole of Africa. It's a Nigerian term. And I was like, it doesn't mean cotton picker. And I was like, three, you should probably do your research and ask around before you say things like this. And so he got upset, this and this and that. And we got into an argument, like explaining like the word, at least telling him um, what my uh, take on it was. And I was like, you know, the word itself uh, is not rooted in like, it's not a negative word. You know what I mean? It's not um, rooted in anything negative. It's just a word to describe a different kind of people. And, you know, just like any other language or cultures would have words to describe people who they believe are not of them. You know, in Somali people, they, they call white people Adan. They call black people medo. Like, these are just descriptive words. And I was just like, and that word literally is just that. And I was like, whoever told you it means cotton picker is a lie. And then later on, he said a Ghanaian told me that. I was like, well, first of all, Ghanaians are not the masters of that word. It does not come from Ghanaian language, any Ghanaian language. And I was like, so, you know, whoever told you that is wrong and they should stop telling you that. So it just ended up being this long, drawn-out conversation. And there was never really any, like, conclusion. It was just kind of like, oh, I'm going to continue to think whatever I think about the word, and you can't tell me anything. That's pretty much how it ended. <laughs> oh, ignorance. <laughs> right, so ignorance, pretty much. I was like, you don't even want to learn anything. You know what I mean? You're not even trying to receive what I'm telling you. You're not even asking questions. You're not being inquisitive. You just want to believe the ignorance that was told to you, you know? So I was just like, okay, whatever. Wow. Yes. I, I 90% of the time run away from the conversation around Akata or not being Akata or um, even like conversations with like African-Americans or Africans that grew up here. Um, I'm about to say something that's probably going to trigger some people. Um, <laughs> 90% of the time, if I had my way, I wouldn't date someone who was Nigerian or African that grew up here and had, and this is the important part, had no connection or not enough of a strong connection with like her, her culture back home. In my experience, interacting with those people always lacks something. Like either complete understanding of how i think or why i'm obsessed with certain things or why i sometimes navigate the world like i have freaking ptsd half the time because growing up in africa you like are probably in a state of post-traumatic stress disorder all the time and so i avoid those kinds of interactions right and some people don't get it that's fine like it's okay if you don't get it but when i hear stuff like or see things like that tweet or listen to Toby Nigue's, um take, I'm very annoyed. Like Very. Oh, my God. I'm very, like, very and crazy. you know how, like, it's one of those so where, <laughs> it's one of those where, like, I'm trying to, like, I'll be seeing things, and I'm just like, mm, whatever. Think of, think of it, like, at your office where somebody says something that's, like, not completely accurate about like black people and just like mm -mm, uh, whatever i'm not even gonna waste my time today 
But like I see stuff like that, I'm like, nah, today I got time. Like yes. I have your I time, time to and here's here's the thing that's that's interesting about his comment and i think for people for for just for the sake of it if anybody um missed it over the break i'm going to play it again um and then we'll like we'll talk about it so i'm not going to go into break but i'm just going to play it again so you guys can hear um give me one second here here we go the first generation nigerians in in the u.s right now like we have a very unique and special crossover that the world don't have. So like people that were born in Nigeria and then come over here and they and they try to like acclimate to the culture. I'm like, yo, this is not y'all culture. Like we shouldn't be trying to act like them. But like for us who were born here and had like went to school and had a completely like black experience and then we got home and we had a completely Nigerian experience, like that's a special thing. And we could like relate to both cultures. So like when I rap it's not like I'm trying to be American. I was born here. So this is where I come from, and I, like, and I understand both cultures. But when you're born over there, you come over here, you start saying, <laughs> they don't want to let me like, express myself. Bibi, bibi, who her I'm just like, no, but look, when you see that, when you see that, you're like, oh, stop. It's not y'all. Like, what are we doing? So... I struggle with that. Now, if you tease out the individual sentences in what he's saying, I actually agree with some of it. Like, he's like, oh, you know, those of us that grew up here, first generation Americans, we have a unique experience. And I'm like, I agree with that. That's true. It's so stupid. No, no, so, no. It's not. No, it's not it's like hard. if you if you take the the ickiness of the rest of it out and just isolate each sentence, like that statement makes sense because yes, yeah, I agree. It's like, not that, unique to just Nigerians. It's everybody that. I mean, but obviously he's, he's in. Like, to, oh. to be fair, to be fair to him, in that take, he's talking about him. He's using himself as the focus because he is Nigerian. So I'll give him the benefit of that. My thing, though, is a Nigerian that grew up in Nigeria but, like, got to experience other cultures can can make the same claim. There are people who, for example, their parents went to school in the UK or in America and came home and basically they read American books, they watched American news, they were here all their summers, like, they can claim to have a unique experience because they were exposed to the world at their formative stages. If he clarified what he was saying and said, oh, people that come when they're a little bit older and try to, like, forcefully, like, switch over, it's very awkward. I can agree with that to a certain degree because when you come here when you're, like, 25 and then that's when you now have your your Gucci rush, and you want to buy everything Gucci, I start saying, baby, who hotter? Like, I can understand that to some degree. <laughs> but, like, for people who came here when they were young, like my siblings, my youngest, my younger brother is in Nigeria right now. It's his first time back in 15 years. And he left Nigeria when he was 11. So he was old enough to have some of the culture there and then came here, has lived all of his life here in Los Angeles, southern california 
or whatever. So he can claim both. He juggles both identities pretty well. So for you to now say you that you actually never even went back to the Nigeria you're talking about is not you don't have some superior experience. It's a load of bullshit. And like, yeah, I think my biggest problem with his whole foolishness that he said was the part when he said that he has a black experience because he's the Nigerian who grew up here. I'm like, do you know what a black experience is? A black experience really refers to African Americans who cannot trace their place in Africa. Like they were literally their ethnicity, culture, generations were stolen. They can't go point to a place on the map. It's like being lost in a void where now they have to figure out a place to be called home, but they can't even call anywhere home because where they where they're living, they doesn't even accept them because of the color of their skin. You don't have that, brother. When you go home, you're still a Nigerian. You still eat your jollof rice. You still speak your Igbo to your parents. You still have a place on the continent to call home. You do not have a black experience. And for you, I'll say, oh, when people come here, you know, they try to, you know, they try to, you know, be saying one or another or like whatever they say. It's because when they come here, y'all call them booty scratches. Because when I came here into into the United States, it wasn't even like the black people were. It wasn't even the black people who were bullying me. No. It was the Nigerians. They're the ones who do not want to associate with people. They call y'all fob. They call they call us fobs. You know, you're fresh off the boat, or you don't belong. So you feel the need to assimilate in order to fit in. You're a child coming into a place, and now you have to fit into a place. And so someone is saying, "Oh, well, you're not Nigerian enough to be called Nigerian, but you're not American enough to be called Nigerian American. You're going to be called a Hassan. and then they call you all these things. And then I'm saying, like, you do not, will never ever in your life have a black experience don't you ever try to assimilate that and don't you not accuse people who are assimilating because they're being forced to assimilate that oh well y'all can't act like us you do not have a unique experience go home and eat your jello fries and plantain please like what are you saying i think this like feel like he's the kind of person that like when nigerian kids come to middle school or elementary school and you know they're saying instead of fork they're saying fuck or whatever like he's the kind of person that will literally just bully them i can feel it in my soul because i'm like what ignorance are you spewing right now? What? You have a black experience? I beg, sit down, please. You want Nigeria once? You can't even eat suya for rex. I beg. I was just like, he irritated me. Like, he was having this conversation at the Harvard. Just like, I was like, for you to come to a platform like Harvard and you're saying things like that, I was like, I expected more from his delivery. You know what I mean? Um, and so that was like number one. What just made me mad is like, this is this is the level of conversation you're coming with at a Harvard discussion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was at like, you, you can you can do better. You sound like you're talking to like your nigga on the street. Like, you know what I mean? Like, first of all, do better. You know what I mean? <laughs> Actually, come from a place of like knowledge and wanting to communicate a truthful perspective. And so that made me really irritated. Two. I really think he should have rewarded the black experience. I understand what he was saying, um, but saying a black experience is probably the wrong terminology. Um, I understand he's saying, you know, he grew up and he had black American friends and, you know, from a very young age, he was probably immersed in hip hop culture and seeing how black Americans live. Well, I understand that, but, you know, he could have delivered that much better. Um, and I just like, I mean, to piggyback, piggyback off what you said, so me, it's like the fact that, um, or no, um, what, well, both of you guys were saying is that he has, 
um, he has no place to tell a Nigerian coming here how they can At act all. or not act. Because again, people oh. are coming here. You have to manage yourself in a society. You know what I mean? When you come somewhere, you now have to adapt naturally. You know what I mean? And so telling someone that you, you're not allowed to take on certain aspects of the environment that you're now living in, that doesn't even make any sense. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so what am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? And so he was completely wrong for saying that. Um, and that's like telling someone who goes to Nigeria, who moves to Nigeria and is living there for 10, 15 years, telling them, you're not allowed to start speaking broken English because you're not, you know, because you're not from here. You know, you can't like, why would you start speaking broken English? You know, it, it, it's like it, it, his statement was very senseless and he definitely needed to work on that delivery. And I think and I get I get I get frustrated when people like that is what we have. Exactly. First generation that like it's the same thing with the tweet about the guy who said his Ghanaian friend told him Akata means cotton picker. The representation matters. And so I hate it when people like that are, are become the voice for us because it's not correct. You know what I mean? It's not. And it's frustrating. I just think. And this is coming from a guy who like raps in like half broken idiotic pigeon mixed with <laughs> mixed with like mixed with some LA Compton kind of English. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can't be doing that and nobody's come for you. They still listen to your trash. And then now you're gonna say, oh, people can't assimilate into a culture. What are you talking about? Take okay. your dude so, so like, what? I agree with a lot of what Laolu said, but I actually think he's a very talented artist. I think, like Wobia said, he's, he was, his delivery was kind of dumb. Um, but I think he's, I actually think he's quite talented because he's found a way to merge sounding unique and sounding the same together. Um, but the thing I'd like to clarify for, for people like that is everybody's entitled to the experience. I think if you just allow people to be people like it, it the world is just better for it. Um, I finally moved here when I was 15 and a half and I remember sounding I remember having like two different kinds of experiences at my my freshman year. First, I'm this young, soon to be 16 year old freshman. And I have people, half the people in classroom saying, oh, my God, your English is so great. Like, is like, do you guys speak English back in Nigeria? Um, which already annoys the shit out of me. And then I was on the soccer team where people called me Dikembe Mutombo. Now, if you've ever seen Dikembe Mutombo before, he's a lot more handsome than me. So that's like quite interesting, you know, an interesting take. Um, and for a while, I was just like, that don't make no sense. Like now, are you calling me Dikembe Mutombo because I'm tall and, I could, and you thought I could play basketball, which I actually really suck at, if we're being honest? Or... You're just saying that because you're being slightly racist. Um, and for a while, I was just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know why people have to do that. Because I grew up 
like now I've been in America for 13 years straight and I still don't connect to here. Like, I feel like I'm a tourist. <laughs> like mm -hmm. my heart is very connected to Nigeria. I think I was telling Wobia in December how I came back not feeling inspired because like I usually go home to Nigeria and feel like I'm at home. And this last time I didn't feel like it. Maybe next time I need to get a house and not stay in a hotel. I don't know. But um Yeah, so get you a nice Airbnb. But I, I, I couldn't figure it out. And here I don't go to their concerts. I don't listen to the radio. I don't watch their award shows. I don't give a shit about being here like my my life plan is to just gain as much experience run up my coins and get the fuck out because this place i don't i don't did not build it for me and there are more than the odds of me you know being a millionaire here are slimmer than me getting shot so i might as well just leave and go where some people appreciate me but listen to his comment and then if you listen to the full clip which i tried to find i don't know why i watched it the first day it came out maybe he put the whole thing on his igtv but i can't find the rest of it he goes on to like delve into like oh you know because they were at home and his parents like spoke to him and like or oh, they created a nigerian experience at home i'm like it is important to understand that parents in diaspora can create the same a similar environment but it is not as authentic as someone who actually lives there every single day now if you talk to him you eventually find out that oh you know his parents had been here for 25 years before they had him even though they still spoke Igbo and they went back home every so often you can't rate that to someone who whose parents spent all their time in Nigeria raised them in Nigeria and then sent them over here to finish their formative years they actually have a richer experience. So I think like, some people just get to a position of power and like they have a platform. And unfortunately, they say shit like that. And people take on to it because that video has 88,000 views. Exactly. 88,000 <laughs> views. And, like, people. <laughs> like, I honestly wish I was one of a Nigerian in that audience because I would have challenged him. You know what I mean? I really would. I would have asked him every question. To be right? fair, I think his his wife and his I don't know if he's his manager, his partner, a business partner or something. They were trying not, to tell him to shut up. They were trying to tell him like, bruh. Shut up. Like, like his wife saw that it was going south, and the fact like, that it is <laughs> it is an African, <laughs> it is a non-Nigerian that sees right. That's really telling you messed up thing that you're about to say that gives you enough like sense if you have common sense to just Michelle shut up like, shut up just like, like just be quiet because I think it like what we said like just piggybacking off of what we said it's really 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 powerful in a negative sense when it's the ignorant people that are in the position of power and in the position of and if the ones that are actually breaking the void of silence for us because then we can't even say it. because I was reading the comments on that post and I was just like a bunch of like a bunch of people are just like yes this is so true you know Nigerian men do this to me Nigerian people do this to me and it's just like what are you people talking about and he's liking these comments <laughs> exactly now he's liking these comments it's like who who made you 
the expert on speaking on, you know, experiences of Nigerians in the diaspora. Like, who made you? Like, you who know made what I mean? you? He was who? speaking with such confidence. Such, I'm like, you don't even... You sound ridiculous, is what you sound like. You, like, you, you sound, sound dumb. Stupid. And you I was sound just like so the second mad. Because then this perpetuates this narrative that, like, I mean, these Black Americans already have, which a lot of it is misinformation. A lot of it is just miscommunication as well. All kinds of things. When, when really, we should be the ones helping to change and correct the narrative. We're the ones you know, taking it opposite direction. Like, it's just really frustrating. Um, and it gives people like us a harder time when we're trying to have discussions because people are already so made up. They're like, well, this person said this, and so he's popular and he's Nigerian, so he must know what he's talking about. Like, get <laughs> out of here. You know what I mean? Like, so annoying. I have a question for, for both of you. Do you feel like the use of the term Akata is alienating African-Americans from Africans. Me personally? (laughs) He said, do we think the word Akata is alienating African-Americans from Africans? Like Uh, separating African-Americans and Africans. And causing like a greater divide between us. I don't think so. It's and I feel like people are paying too much attention to the word. Like that's what makes me upset. It's just this focus on this word that literally is not even the problem, you know? And I think that's where my frustration comes from is like the word is not the problem. Like it's 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 if you really want to get to the root of these things, then you need to go back to the information, the media, the misinformation that people were fed on both sides. You know what I mean? And let's stop putting so much focus on this word that was not even, its, it's literal context has no origination in any ne- anything negative. And let's start talking about what people have the real issue with, which is how either African-Americans perceive Africans or how Africans perceive Black African-Americans. You know what I mean? And that's a real discussion, which is not attached to any word. You know what I mean? It's not attached to anything. It's attached to my thoughts about you as a people. And so that's where I always try to bring the discussion back. It's like, let's talk about the real issue. But you got to so focus on a word. Whether I call you Akata or Black American or African American, if I think you're stupid, you're stupid. You know what I mean? Regardless of whatever word I use. So let's talk about the real problem here and stop focusing on this word that is not a negative word. It's simply a descriptive word to describe a group of people that is different from you, from another group of people. And every culture, every language uses descriptive words to describe groups of people. You know what I mean? And that's what I try to get across. And people just don't understand that. Like I said, Somali people, they call black people medo. They call white people Adan. Eritrea, they call black white people uh, like Salam. And then they call black people like, uh, it's like T-S-L-E-M, something like that. Like every group has like a descriptive word. So let's get the fuck over this shit. Like I'm frustrated and let's talk about the real issue. Are we ever going to get to a place? Go ahead, Lava. So I was just going to say that I agree a lot with what with what we were saying that it's not the word, it's 
it's really the societal and psychological problems that, thankfully, to colonialism, we have to deal with this shit. Um, it's, but, like, the word is not being used as the medium to further pro- propagate this these negative connotations that are so embedded in minds and in the psyche of people. But the word is being used as the way to transport that. For example, I'm going to explain what I mean. When I go to Nigeria, my extended family calls when I'm in the U.S., sometimes my parents do call me. Like, they like just jokingly, they'll be like, oh, she's an Akata. It's like, she's an Akata. And I do, except my mom, because my mom would just be like, no, she's a Nigerian. And a lot of times, I have noticed that older Nigerian folks, let me just actually clarify, older Yoruba folks, they will not want your children, their children to marry someone that they refer to as an Akata because they have used that word, like um, what we were saying, the psychological mental, mental part of it is like someone that has been stripped from their culture, someone that has been stripped from anything that they can, you know, solidify themselves to as, you know, moral grounds or cultural grounds. They're like, oh, like in Nigeria, in Europa terms, they will say, they'll say like, oh, if that person is an Akata, and they'll be like, omotio neuron, which just means like someone that doesn't have a generation. I mean, when you actually think about slavery, it's pretty much like generations were stripped of their culture. But like that word is not the one that's being propagated. I mean, for example, if you go to Nigeria and you say black or white, it's just colors. If you, but then like when you come to the United States and you say black or white, it means something. It means something. It has weight to it. So I do think that, yes, the word is not a problem. It's the actual mental part of it that's the problem. Unfortunately, the word is the one that's being used to actually further increase that and you know just transport this negative, this negative psychological aspect of so many people's minds. And there are different words, like what we said, there are so many different words in different languages and different countries and different ethnicities. That means the same exact thing. Some words have the same negative connotation, some words don't. I know Cameroonians have a word. I think there's this like um if I remember, it's like Camdenia or something like that in Cameroon. It has the same negative connotation if you're in the United States. So if you said it in Cameroon, it's just like, okay, whatever, moving on. Um, like like you were saying, like the Ethiopians has, have the same words. And I have an Ethiopian friend when she when she heard the word Akata, when someone was like making fun of me. I remember when I was in college because I went to a white school and they were like, oh, she goes to a white school, she's an Akata. She heard the word and she just like, wait, doesn't that just mean black Americans? So there's that, that there's that difference there's that divide between it that the word is just being used for i mean like you like you were saying it again just stems back to let's just put the word aside and deal with the actual bullshit that's going on right now like the actual it's the colonialism that we Wait, have to so deal with i find it interesting people back home call you because when I, even when yes. i was about they don't even call me they call me oibo from straight like oh see wow, it's funny because further with you like, nah, they it's call like me Akata. they've never, no one home has ever called me Akata. Like, tell me, they go, they just jump straight to, oh, you both are like, ah. Wow, that's even like several steps Because, like, because <laughs> they, they see America as, like, a white man's land. So they automatically, mm-hmm. like, oh, this one, not oh, you both. Like, okay, you know. So I just found that interesting that they, that they call you Akata. I want to ask <laughs> like, what a, lot of my, a lot of my extended family, like, they have lived in the diaspora and have been to the diaspora. So they do see, like, like you know, for example, like, when they hear me speak English, I don't speak English like Nigerian who was raised in Nigeria who has the authentic, you know, experience of being and living in Nigeria. I, 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 when I do speak Nigerian, English in Nigeria, I do have an accent. That's just what it is. But when I'm in the United States, they're like, oh, she got an accent. 
I'm like, well, I have an accent everywhere. Take it as it is. But they do call me an Akata. But I, they've never, they used to call me when I was like a kid. But like, I was like, my mom was like, that didn't make any sense. But then that was just because they would call like any pretty person who like has family in, in the US or the UK or your book person. But now that I don't know, they're like, oh, she's an Akata. You know, she hasn't been home in so long. When she speaks English, she, you know, be saying, wanna gonna, wanna gonna huda. And I, I'm just like, I can't really satisfy you, but as long as I am very much aware in the fact that what you call me will never strip me of my culture, that's all that really matters. It's about me. And you know what? You can't take that from me. You cannot take my culture from me. I want to ask both of you this question. Wait, Sami, wait, wait, wait. What do you you think? I want to say exactly. Sami, what do you think? Because you have, yeah. What is wrong with mm-hmm. you? I just like to stare at the pot and watch. Like no, you no, have what? to eat. You have to eat this too. Too you have to eat it. I beg. I'm not even hungry though. Like, <laughs> tell us what you think. Um, you- I actually agree with parts of what both of you said, and I also disagree. I feel like while the origin of the word might not have been derogatory per se i feel like some of our parents whether we want to give them credit for it or not have allowed that word to take on a devil of itself um i have never heard the generation above mine use the word akata in a positive sense never like while you guys were talking i was racking through my head and trying to see doesn't mean they've always used it as a negative but they've never used it to say ah you know or something it's always like kind of like just to set first of all first of all it's used to separate to like to make sure there's a clear like separation between how they're trying to identify the rest of us which is like africans and then the second realm of it is like, oh, we're separating because we don't want you to be like them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, pull up your pants. Huh? Okay, but you know what's very interesting is like, which this might upset some people, but people always talk about their parents. They're like, oh, my parents use this word um, because they didn't want me to become like them. They didn't want me to this and that. But when you think about it, we're no different. We are literally no different. Because even though we immerse ourselves and we mingle amongst everyone, a lot of Nigerians, I will speak for myself, and even a lot of Ghanaians that I know, we still do not um, completely classify ourselves in the same in the same um, group as black Americans. And people will be like, no, 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 but it's true because any chance we get, we are we are quick to be like, no, 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 I'm, I'm from Nigeria. I, you know, this is where I'm from. This is my people, this, I don't do this. I'm not like this. And so I find it funny that we're always so quick to talk about our parents, but let's talk about us. You know what I mean? Let's be real because a lot of people don't want to become what they think black Americans are. You know what I mean? And I think it's time to have that honest conversation about it instead of kind of sweeping it under the rug 
um, we need to be very honest about how we feel within ourselves. And you'll find that a lot of first generations don't want to become, they don't want to be seen as just a black American. You know what I mean? And so I always tell people to be honest with themselves about how they approach this topic because it's so quick to point fingers, but let's talk about how you truly feel about it. Well, I think a lot of what we've taken out from how we interact with or how we perceive African-Americans cannot be absolved. Our parents cannot be absolved of it because a lot of what I know today about or a lot of what I initially knew about being in America came solely from the African community, from watching my parents, from listening to my uncles and aunts. Um, And not always what my counselor said at school or like sometimes even those people who have lived here forever, they would say things and I would not discredit it because it didn't come from the people that I trusted. Some of us are just as bad as our parents (laughs) in terms of using those terms. Um, I would admit that my parents used it before. um, And I think we had to have a conversation at some point where I was like, there's just no need for it. Um, And don't get me wrong. If you come from a different culture, living in a culture, because is when I go, this conversation is not to defend African Americans either, because it's not we're not going to be out here talking like they be out here holding the flag up for us either, because they don't. Like some some of them don't. So, but more than anything, it's to say like those there could be two evils coexisting, but doesn't mean that the one that started first is worse or the one that started second is like whatever, like they both need to get fixed. Um, on one end, we need a better understanding of the black experience, whatever they want to call that from, from this perspective, because their reality is very different. For example, I think on a, on a, earlier this year, I kind of expressed my very first interaction with, racism like where i knew like it was directed at me um and i've been in america i've been visiting america since i I was nine and i finally moved here when i was 15 and i've lived here for the last 13 years but i had never directly experienced racism and you have i have friends who are african-american who have lived here all their lives and been experiencing it from the playground when they were three that is a unique experience to them. I don't understand it, but I can appreciate it and try to understand it. Same goes for, you know, an African coming from, like, you know, migrating here. And they're trying to communicate to people the pressures of trying to assimilate or the pressures of, like, going to school, excelling, being told that you speak good English to come to come here and people treat you like a second, like a third class citizen because they're like, oh, you don't understand the language. We can't hire you or you got a degree in another country. You're a doctor there, but you have to come here and work at McDonald's. Like that is a unique African experience as well. And until we bridge the gap, terminology or not, we're not going to get anywhere. One. But I do believe that the word is adding to the problem because it is now something that we use 
to very clearly isolate ourselves from them and say, no, 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 we're not the same as them. Like, they are different. And people have said this before, um, you know, and I don't necessarily always agree with it, but, like, is there some truth to it? When a police officer pulls out his gun to shoot, he sees black. He doesn't see, you know, Akata or whatever else. So I think, like, there's some work to be done on both sides of the aisle to, like, understand each other's story. I do believe that one person saying, no, my pain is bigger than yours or my experience is better than yours is problem. It's just as problematic as the problem. Yeah. That's my take. I agree with that. And I, I do agree with the fact through the, with the last point that you made that someone saying that their experience is, you know, better than someone else's experience, even though we all live in racist America, <laughs> uh, that that's an issue on its own. Um, and I just, I just find it so interesting because for, like, I grew up, like I said, I grew up here for a good amount of, almost as half of my life as I grew up in Nigeria. It's really interesting how your parents will want you to assimilate up until a certain moment. Mm -hmm. Like, they want you to be American enough so that you can code switch when you're amongst Americans but you yep. should be able to switch within the blink of an eye when you're amongst Nigerians. It's like you have to be this dual person. Not like when you're in America, you shouldn't be like Nigerian enough where like your accent is too strong. And, you know, when you're amongst Americans, you can't fit in. But you should never be American enough where your skin color and everything, you just, it, you, you're not enough of Nigerian. Like, when you see Nigerians, you should be able to kneel down and, you know, prostrate. But when you see an American, you should be speaking American English like that. Or you should be speaking British English like that when you're in the UK. And that part is the part that really kills me because those are the people that I really see who struggle the most. Because it's just like, what am I supposed to do? And then you have the people, I'm really going to, I'm going to say this one, and I know some people are about to be like, mm. you have the people who are on their own, no parents' influence is involved in this, but they don't even want to be black at all. They don't want to be Nigerian. They don't want to be black. They're just finna be white. And you're just like, bruh. It's like the ones that you just don't, they don't have any friend of color. They don't have anything. But then I can't even fault them because I don't know which experience that they had growing true, up here true. as a person, as a black person or as a Nigerian or as an African who came here or as a person, you know, when they were reading the attendance, the roll call on your first day of school, the teacher paused and everybody just stared at you because they knew your name was coming up. I, I don't know what experience they had if they went to a private school or a boarding school where they were the only black person in every single class. And for them just be just oh my gosh maybe it will just be easier if i just act like the preppy white sean in class or if i just you know shed layers of myself and instead of calling myself you know but my full name if i just was like oh my name is lily so like i think it's so it's the the what this um the thing that this guy toby nigga just did what really irks me is the fact that he has really just invalidated a lot of people's experiences, a lot of people's struggles. And like you said, like 
the adults, I can't even like fault them for their, you know, for their for the way that they think either. Like you said, someone that was probably like a doctor in Nigeria, a doctor in Ghana, and then you come here and then you're telling them that their degree is not valid anymore. That now they have to work in McDonald's or be a nurse or a CNA and be cleaning up after people and just starting from the bottom. They don't want that for the kids. So that's why they're like, okay, maybe you shouldn't be like them because, you know, we see the way that these people treat their kind just because of the color of their skin. So maybe if you just still hold on to that part and you're not, you're not quite black American, but we're going to raise you here and like, we don't really know how this fits. And I think it's so important that our generation that we're having this conversation because maybe we will be the ones to bridge that gap with our children. I mean, some of at it... The end of the day, huh? oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. So go ahead. Because at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is the fact, like you said, when a white person sees you, the first thing that they see is because of the color of your skin, period. Then the next thing that could come for us Africans with long names that doesn't even fit in a password, then it's your name. Then it's your accent. Then it's where you went to school, how you were raised. Then it's like layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of just the way racism plays down into the minds of people. Like people are like, and I think when we really just get to that part that it's all a play of the mind and it's just how racism will always, always, always try to perpetuate and just try to turn different people up against each other. Then maybe we're actually going to make some progress here. <laughs> like, <laughs> the word, maybe, just pray to God. Maybe we'll make some progress here. Because even, like, I, I, it's just that, whatever he said, and I already just, it, like, for, for someone who had parents here, come on, bruh. Like, come on. I think, so, yeah. I think you have people who, um, part of it, comes from fear people like people fear what they don't understand and i know it's cliche and we hear it but like it's just the truth um when i came to to america in 1999 to um my, my youngest brother was like two i believe and my job was to babysit him while my mom went to work and I was brought from Nigeria to come and do that. And I got here only a few months after the Amado Diallo shooting. And even though, you know, it was publicized and, and it was a black man that got shot, you know, I think in that time, I remember my mom having, my mom having a conversation about that with B um and I'm I'm a kid I'm literally just about to be 10 years old like I what the fuck am I supposed to know about shootings and whatnot I well to be fair I think I knew but um what was I gonna do about them and how this conversation happened was there was a particular day mama I'm sorry if you ever hear this but there was a particular day where I was taking my brother out with my older cousin we were playing outside and my brother was in a stroller and we got so distracted that my brother's stroller rolled all the way down the street. And oh that motherfucker was lost. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought I was going to die. Um, I No, I was dead. I died for a little bit in my mind. because. But luckily, we ran down the street. 
and somebody had found him and she was like where are you guys from and my cousin shout out to my cousin Shay man because he basically just lied and didn't say exactly where our house was because I'm pretty sure that that woman was gonna come and you know oh I just wanted to make sure the baby made it home safely they'd be like what happened to the baby problem um <laughs> but I think them just seeing my uncles, my aunts, my mom, just seeing what was happening to African-Americans in America, you know, from the Los Angeles riots to all the shootings and, and the oppression, like, it was just like, don't try to be like them because this country doesn't like them. So okay. if you try to be like them, you're going to end up either getting hurt or getting killed or been getting marginalized. So stay separate and give yourself a better shot. Excel in school and all this other shit. But like, don't try to be friends with them. Don't try to do that because it's only going to take you down this path. So I kind of understood a little bit of their fear. I just didn't like when they allowed it to govern their reality. Beyond a rational point. Like somebody once said, being paranoid doesn't mean somebody's not actually following you. Like, somebody could be following you and you could be paranoid. Like, it is justified. But I think when you get to the point where it's like, you can't be a decent human being because you're so afraid, that's where I have an issue. So I think, like, the same way we've had to, like, educate our parents and ourselves over things like, you know, mental health or um, social service or, you know, our love languages, anything... We have to, like, take it upon ourselves to have that conversation with the people across the aisle who, as sad as it is, look just like us. And um, until we have that conversation, we can't really have a conversation with the other set of people, you know, the ones that keep shooting us. Um, So, I don't know. I think there's some work to be done on both ends. I think it's, like, important to... uh, um, and this is going to tie to another episode that we have coming up soon. Um, it's an implicit bias episode where I had a training once um, where you kind of, you write this list of, and some of you could just think about it right now as you're listening. You write a list of your top 10 closest people to you that are not your family members. They're not related to you by blood or related to you by marriage. Write the top 10 people. Write their age, write their religion, write their profession, write their hobbies, each person on on a list. And then slowly cancel out the people that, you know, you're either same gender or you knew them from school. And you come to find out that as much as a lot of us think we're diverse, we actually build a network of people who are just like us by age, mm-hmm. by like output. Uh, you know, profession, everything. And it's crazy because you'd be like, oh, I have white friends. Oh, I have Asian friends. But like, yeah, you do. But like, would you like invite them over for a sleepover? Would you go to their house? Would you borrow their money? Would you, you know, spend your Thanksgiving with them? Like those kinds of things. And you find that like you're a lot is- more isolated than you actually think. But that's coming down the road. So you guys keep I'm an eye very out for real that. Myself. I've never claimed to have white friends. <laughs> <laughs> only like in middle school and like elementary school is when I probably, because I literally had a best friend in middle school that was white. Other than that, I I know myself 
most of my friends, in fact, 95% of my friends are Nigerian. <laughs> and the rest, another one's Ghanaian. And I have a, a sprinkle of like, like black American, like, but most of my friends are Nigerian, you know, and that's very real, very, very real. So I mean, it's very interesting I, that you said that because I mean, a lot of times we do surround ourselves with people who are just like us. Yeah. But, you know. I didn't want to do this because the other day someone actually called my group of friends United Nations. And I never thought about it like that because I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you really just have friends in like different pockets of your life. And I'm like, I guess. But I actually want to do this because I'm like, the thing you find. The thing you'd find is like it's also the qualifiers of what you use to call them friends, because everybody uses the term friend very loosely, right? right. But very then like, loosely. if you start asking people like, if somebody was terminally ill and you had to give them like an organ, list those ten people that you could consider yourself That's doing that, at that point. <laughs> or see. But then, but like, if you if they say that same list. If you got arrested, which of them would you call to come and bail you out without judgment? You see that that list would like shrink a little bit more. You'd be like, eh, right? Shrink a little bit. Eh. You know, and like that's part of what the training was like was like uncovering was like those things. The one that really, really got me, and it got me from a professional standpoint as someone who you know interviews and recruits people, was age. How almost all my friends are about the same age as me. They're like in a cluster of within three or four years. And the the question was then like, how come you don't have friends who are like much younger that are like 21 or friends who are like 37? Like, and actually be friends, build a friendship with them because like you're either, they like ageism is probably playing a factor in there and you don't even see it. And that's just the reality. So. But then I think, well, not to cut you, but like I think, like a, like the age part, it's really interesting because, like, I think the thing why we don't have, or why a lot of us don't have friends who are much younger than us, is that you can't relate to them. Like, I can't have a friend that's like six years younger than me. I, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. You, but- you just with those things out there, and I'm like, I'm pulling up Urban Dictionary. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't understand you. A lot of times, <laughs> friendships are rooted in in commonality you know you want to be able to bond with that person and you only bond over things that you are similar so someone who's 16 years old what are we bonding over i'm no longer i'm no longer 16 i cannot you know i can empathize with you maybe and you worry like oh i got my heart broken by this boy okay that's great but it's probably gonna be more of like a mentorship relationship. Exactly. Not where I'm confiding in you, we're going out together, we're taking vacations. To, like, mm-hmm. it's just, you know what I mean? And if you're it's 40, different. most likely you're probably married with kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like you're in a different phase of your life. Who, like, am I really gonna befriend you? No. You but know? Do you so- think, do you think those old, those really old people that are friends with younger people can't say the same thing? They're like encyclopedias. I don't think friend is the word. They are, but you have, they're out there. They exist. They're people who are like. Far and few between. But that's because, that's because, like, that's because we're conditioned to look at people a certain way. And, like, 
and it's it's the same thing with this whole conversation. It's like we look at people of a certain age, like so. Okay, for example, right? You're trying to hire someone, or you're, you're, trying, you're like, and you have two people of almost similar quality, and like you look at their age, and you're like, ah, this one is fifty. I don't know if he's going to listen to me. But that's because like we've been told that people of that age are like stoic and they don't, they're like they're hard to convince or change that that little delay is your implicit bias and it's because it could be based in some reality that you've experienced but it's active in every decision you make every single day so you know when you walk I mean, into a I place that. when you walk into a place and you see an older receptionist and you're thinking to yourself mm, but like your office manager wants to hire a receptionist and they hire a young 21 you know year old girl who's able to like multitask and jump around but like there's a woman who's 45 who can do the exact same job but she won't get the job because they think she's on the older end you know it's like stuff like that plays out because we like we view we've like boxed people in and it like it's the same thing with how akata see us in the term that we use and it's the same way they will say oh those Af- that's how africans see us like there's this predetermined disposition that of how we're going to assume and approach things which is like hindering our progress okay but, you know, real question so me do you uh, see us do you want to marry a nigerian woman hell yeah i'm already married what do you mean i have a wife oh no, answer the question is is that your <laughs> number like you're not really checking for anyone else is what i'm asking Mm, that's not true no uh, so you're saying that you are like you don't really care who you marry as long as it's someone who fits into your life well yeah but he he did mention that the person you did mention at the very beginning of this podcast you said that the person that you would prefer a person who's nigerian and has roots in nigeria who's like has roots the culture because they want yeah I, i also prefer to go to aldo and get the exact color of the shoe i want sometimes it doesn't happen do not compare shoes it, to this. right well, okay it's fucking it important a simple question i'm not judging i'm just no no no, no. i'm a, i'm i got no shame in my game yes i would like, prefer, you prefer to marry in my ideal woman. world my perfect partner would be a yoruba woman who has who grew up in nigeria for a little bit and then moved to america can cook me jollof rice with ayamashi uh-huh. when I want okay, it. Okay, okay. But that's so, not perfect. What about world, you? So. Do you prefer to marry a Nigerian man? I don't have preference. So you who's going to marry a Spencer? What? Whether he's he's Italian, he's Austrian, oh, I can see a man he's in Italian. Black American, he's Ghanaian. You don't care. I will say this. This is something that I I've always struggled with, and I, I as I'm getting older, I'm still struggling with it a little bit. Is getting married settling down with a white person and it's for their own benefits and i'll say <laughs> and i'll explain it like it's 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 for their own good i'm very serious it's for their own good because i will say it like this anytime there is a, there is like in the news of like police brutality or a case of of racism of just blatant racism there is a part of me that just automatically flashes to the future and i just imagine myself coming home in that moment to a white person Mm. for some reason i struggle to make my peace with that because i'm just like i can't in that moment i can't imagine in the middle of my day who has been shot or something who has been shot 
and then I have to buy a white police officer, and then I have to come home and try to explain how I'm feeling about my kids, my black kids, and the fear that I have for my black kids, and try to explain that to a white person. Why? Because they will never, ever, ever understand it. They will never feel the same way that I feel. They will never understand where I'm coming from. They might empathize with me, but it is not the same. And for me, that is why I'm just like, I cannot see myself settling down with a white person. I just don't. See it. I mean, okay, so, but you have no preference other than that. Yeah, I don't have preference other than that. No. Okay. Well, me personally, I'm with somebody like I, I like don't have no intentions of marrying anyone besides a Nigerian man. Like that is, and not even just any Nigerian man, but one that wants to be home. That is very important to me. So it automatically cancels out a lot of people. You know what I mean? Because not everyone's trying to go back home. So my dating pool is very limited. Very, very limited. Um, but I ask that because it's just uh, kind of... It goes back to show that uh, uh, we're, you know, environment and culture really matters, you know? And it really shapes everything we do for the rest of our lives. Um, and so... I always like to remind people that it's not a bad thing to have different lifestyles and to have different upbringings and to be of different cultures and to say that my culture is different from yours. Even though we may look the same, we still are different in the sense that we have, we come from different environments, different cultures, and there's nothing wrong with that. And so I just like to make that point to people that it's okay. You know what I mean? We can still love and respect each other, but for people to try to act like there are no differences, that's a mistake. Yeah. I think, like I said earlier, it's just finding a way to embrace our differences and, like, appreciate our similarities and just understand that at the bottom of it all, like, there's a lot more that's the same about us. Like, our same struggles. Um, Like, people don't want to to really go there but like but african americans in america are marginalized by the system africans in most african countries are marginalized by the system like the way they go about doing it is very different but like you can relate to that struggle in that regard you can relate to the struggle that like from the moment you are born the clock is working against you like, okay. if you took time to actually sit down and be like, oh, okay, like, this person might, you know, you might think that English is not as great as mine, but, like, they know they have a similar struggle, you know, to mine. Like, where people talk about, like, African-Americans trying to get out the hood. Africans are trying to get out of Africa, which they, don't, like, at any chance they get. Like, our parents worked hard, you know, thanks for all their love to get us out and like black people are doing the same in their different communities they want to work they want to work three four jobs to get their kids and move them into the better neighborhood so they have a better shot at life there's a lot more that we share in common than just baby who hot so we just gotta find that out and um you know sort through it um Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of today's episode. I wanted to say happy Earth Day. 
um, do your recycle. bit. Huh? Recycle. Recycle, reuse, reduce. Recycle, reuse, um, try to buy organic or green. I know it's not cheap. Um, and try to watch where your products come from and where they go. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, instead of like throwing things and away. Ladies, make sure you buy the organic tampons. Thank you. I don't know anything about that. What did you say? I said, ladies, buy organic tampons and pads. I don't know what that is. What are those? Organic tampons? Oh, yeah, the ones I use. Yeah, they're like, they're... (laughs) (laughs) No, because... Discuss between ourselves, (laughs) Mobia. But also, a very important thing... Please try to give other people access to organic food. It's not it's not cheap, it's not affordable, it's not accessible to a lot of people in marginalized communities and segregated communities. So if you can try to contribute as much as you can to helping those people eat something other than McDonald's for a dollar. Please. Please. That McDonald's chicken nugget be slapping though. Anyways, it all be slapping if you have options, man. If that's all you gotta eat every day, you know, slap it's like that. Slapping. It's not slap like that. <laughs> um, make sure you cop and download um all of the songs played today. We will share it on our Instagram page and as well as on Twitter. Um, continuing to strip and try to work hard towards your goals and strive to be better today and the rest of the week. Um, also stream a lot more Nipsey Hustle for Wobia. She'll be happy mm-hmm. for you. Um, and yeah, just stay fabulous, man. By the time we come back around um, next week, the month will be ending. Already? Um, Can you imagine? We would have crossed out the fourth month of the year. So, you know, stay locked, stay focused on your goals. The first quarter of the year is already over, so you should be reviewing your goals right now, making sure you're on track and you're aligned with the things that you're working on. Um, and, yeah, just try to be awesome, man. And by the time we come back, my sister, who doesn't like being called my baby sister, would have celebrated her birthday. So, Aww. happy birthday, sis. Um, can you not? <laughs> and... um. Yeah, so you guys just, you know, stay rocking, stay awesome, stay nice, out of nice, trouble. Nice. Um, and, yeah, be awesome. Like I've said multiple, multiple times, follow Wobia at Miss underscore Wobia and Laulu at Life on a Banjo. And um, anytime you comment on either of their pages, just say, wow. <laughs> That's what you should just say. Don't say anything else. Just say, wow. And let them interpret what it means, if it's shade or not. Um, I'm leaving you. (laughs) I'm leaving you with um, my song of the week. It is a song that I've been playing for weeks, and I wanted to play it for you guys. Um, It is Jaja by Aya Nakamura, but sampled and remixed by Tory Lanez. Enjoy. Have yourself a fabulous rest of the week. It's the Rant Show. It's Kitty Lounge Radio. And Wobia says, Your life, your music. We out. Shawty, I know what you heard. But let me tell it to you first, yeah. Don't let him play me for a bird. 
They gon' know what's headed to you the worst way They wanna talk that, I wanna fall back I know you all that, I put it all on it Just listen when I'm speaking, baby But she didn't let me tell us that I was tweaking, baby She said, oh, Jaja Y'a pas moyen, Jaja Tu pas ta cata, Jaja Genre, en katana, baby, tu dettes ça Oh, Jaja Y'a pas moyen, Jaja Tu pas ta cata, Jaja Baby, 